right. So on this official podcast today, we have a few topics lined up for everybody. Uh, Connor, would you go over some of those? Yeah, we got the first topic. It's just uh, it starts with school, but we're going to dig down a little deeper into environment. The school's new program coming in. There's a lot of environmental changes. It's like the school, like, uh, for instance, Mrs. Case Corner's name podcast from Mrs. Case Classroom, and she kind of changed the vibe of the classroom, kind of what we think about uh, physical changes, and then some more of, like, um, curricular changes. Curricular changes, and then kind of just, like, an overall feel of the school. So, like. School's changed a lot the last couple of years. So um, let's start with our uh, pride program. We put in uh, the pride program. It is. Uh, it's like a new. I don't want to say regime, <laughs> but culture. I get like a new. It's a new. Like, it's an attempt to get school pride back up to an all-time high because I think we all know that last what five years or so, you know, nobody's just. Yeah, it's been on a slow. It, it's been it's been lacking. It doesn't. But um, nobody should be blamed for that, but. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's obviously a group thing. I mean, it's just a new way of thinking to um, uh, bring more uh, school pride back. You know, uh, want more people to show up to games, uh, participate in um, wacky days and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> and then just like show up to school in general. Just it's a whole whole overall like culture changes how we describe big it. Like, yeah, big overhaul more positive overall. So like it starts with like uh, we developed a. Like we turn the words into each letter of the word pride into like a pillar. So P is positivity, R is respect, I is involved, D is dedicated, E is effort, I believe. Sounds so, right. And then we just kind of try to embody the people who go to these meetings and things for the pride program or culture program, whatever. We haven't come up with a name for ourselves yet. Kind of just try and embody those things. And then hopefully it doesn't even need to really be a group because then the whole school participates. So then there won't need to be like this individual group, but. I think we decided on what monthly meetings. Uh, not really. Not, it's kind of very it's, loose. It you almost kind of it's almost kind of a student council. Yeah. Like we're like we're self. Like, Mr. Klusmeyer said he would be there for some, but like we're supposed to take the reins. Like, we're supposed to run the show. So technically, I think we're. Supposed and uh, to, we're you know, Connor being class president of the senior class, you know, oh, you know, he's definitely got to lead it. A contender in school sports and involved with most things in general i think he'd make a great leader yeah i need i, I need, I need guidance every day and just like bring the the pride like vibes you know it, it starts with the mindset you gotta you gotta you gotta be thinking about it to uh to get into it more every day until it's just unconscious thinking you know you show those those um what is it what are you looking for the you just show them, yeah, basically that. Just be a just, good role model. Yeah. That's kind of the point. Embody the pride. It's because hopefully younger kids see that and they just kind of, it doesn't even need like, the whole point I think almost is that the program's not even needed at some point. School pride should almost come naturally. Yeah. Like, so like, that's the first like, step. Next semester, next everyone year. will just kind of, it will happen. Like right that's now right. it needs to be a program, which is pretty upsetting, but it's good. We're at least making an action to make it better, but it should need to be a program. Everyone should just kind of have some sort of, um, this cringy, but like eternal fire. I'm like, to, <laughs> well, like, but like some sort of motivation to at least care somewhat about their school or what they do in their school and how they represent their school. I mean, you only spend a majority of your first part of your life there. I, mean, I guess as seniors, it's kind of our job. I mean, I don't want to say it's too late for us or anything like that, but <laughs> we could start. It's our job to get it going, yeah. get the ball rolling. And I think again. we already have like a good um, grounding to start it up. And there's you can definitely see the changes soon. 
Um, and hopefully next year, there doesn't even need to be that many um, discussions at the meetings, the monthly meetings. People are just going to already know what's expected of them and uh, uh, take after the seniors that have left. Yeah, hopefully that's, they just, yeah, I mean, we like Mr. Klusmeyer said, he's talking about it, like, even the juniors may not see, like, the full progress, but that's fine. I mean, we just got to start it, and then hopefully people carry it on. It's going to be pretty upsetting if people don't, but it's kind of after we leave, or even now, it just kind of depends on the younger generation. It's kind of for them, but, um, but yeah, so. Um, James, like, we thoughts? Are, what do you think about, you know, the way schools change? Because it's changed quite a bit. Yeah, or you can be honest. Like, do you think school we, we are We are the oldest students in the school. We would know how it's changed more than most. It's definitely changed a lot. Like, I just feel like there hasn't been much pride at all recently, especially. So, like. Let's talk about the, the, the changes in the classroom. Changes in the classroom. Well, like not just the the overall tone, just like also the the curriculum and how we're actually learning in the classrooms now, because obviously it's way different from when we first started, uh, from like being freshmen to now. Yeah, I think that also kind of depends on like we get to pick our classes more like each year. Like freshman year, you get you get to pick like one class basically. You can choose PE and art or now home ec thanks to. Mr. Brown being able to do that now. And then once you get to, like, junior year, like, you basically have classes with nobody. Like, you have, like, no none of the same classes except then, for your required yeah. courses. Yeah, but and even now, in, the like, the required classes, you can definitely see the difference between, like, your freshman year and your senior year. Even junior year is way different in uh, both social studies and English, uh, especially with, like, um, the school turning over to more online resources. Yeah. You know, everybody's got a Chromebook, like, I would have never imagined that happening. Yeah, but well, I mean, I would not, eventually. Not to, yeah, eventually, but like not to. It's bad, but good comes. Some good comes with it. Like things we can kind of thank code for that. Like I mean, but could, could, could you could you imagine having your own Chromebook? The Chromebooks, yes. So, but yeah, but like, could you? Imagine it would have happened eventually, but it kind of pushed it ahead a little bit. Being in like the seventh grade, uh, fresh or like a freshman and getting a Chromebook, you know how much easier it'd be, like. To, to have done your work there. Oh, it's hands down easier. For I, sure. I I remember every single day we'd have to go into Miss McKenna's or uh, Miss Bennett's, and then it would just be papers upon papers. And grab our chunk books. Yeah. So like Miss McKenna ones. would hand out packets. And now you can just bring your, your Chromebook everywhere and then get started. You don't even have to close your Chromebook from classroom to classroom. Just open up a new tab and keep it going. I mean, you also got to think about like the change in teachers too, though. Like kind of. Like you mentioned history and social studies and stuff like we don't have as the only teachers that we still have that have been here since seventh grade are Miss Errett and Mr. Linky. And Miss Brown, Brown, but she's changed Miss Brown hasn't been here since we were in seventh grade though. Yeah, she has. She's been here a long time. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Well she used to be here and then she she left left and then she came back. She came back in seventh grade. So okay, so Miss Miss Brown, Mr. Linky, and Mrs. Errett are the only three teachers that have been here our entire high school life pretty sure yeah i mean well you can even see the differences well mr jones but you know how they teach there's some other he's changed some position yeah positions not like in a bad way but not people that like matter educationally to us anymore it's not like they don't teach us anymore so it's like i had miss kellogg in what was it third grade second grade second grade i think but like she still teaches here but educationally she doesn't matter anymore i mean mr jones used to teach us like seventh grade math and then, and, and now he's the superintendent. Yeah. 
Um, next subject is uh, just how we overall think the school system works. Like not this school system, but I guess just in general. Like what oh, changes sure. can be made to the we're whole system? Taking down the man. Huh? Yeah, we're taking down the ups. We're going upstairs. We're going up the ladder. The CEO. So are we talking about like public education? Yeah, public education. I guess would be a better place. It blows. Uh, you know, it could be better, but I don't think there's actually that many things wrong with it. Um, I don't know. I think the school system as a whole is still pretty similar to the way it was 50 years okay. ago. And I don't think the world's very... I think it very... should be more like your entire high school should be similar to how your your senior year is. Like, you know, we don't have that many tests. Um, Shh, don't let them hear that. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I think he's talking about like EOCs. Yeah, stuff like that. I mean, we're still going to have fine. Yeah, of course, we're going to have like our midterms and stuff like that. But the, like senior year... If my freshman year was like my senior year, I, I probably would have just been studying way more. And that like that's just way better than having to do a test every week or every two weeks because those suck. Uh, like I don't like I mean I would rather just have the world isn't more you know, nobody not I every think, I don't even think tests. that's the problem. I just don't think like school in general, like the system, like public mm-hmm. education, or really all schools, like even going to college has not evolved. Like things change. I mean like there was this video going around of some guy, like, it was faked, obviously, but, like, he was in court talking about school when, like, showed pictures of, like, phones from back then and phones now and cars from back then and cars now and how much they've changed. And then there's, like, a classroom from back then and a classroom now, like, just environment in the system. And, like, nothing's changed. Like, there's something. Exactly. Like, I don't want to. I don't know. The integration of smart boards. No, that was crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, there's more than physical things within a classroom that can make an environment better. The the classroom, the, the structure of school is still training people to do what they're told, get rewarded for doing what you're told. I mean, this this structure of schooling happened during the Industrial Revolution, like for, where everybody was working in factories. I so mean, is school any think? different now? All that's changed is our technology that we use yeah. to learn the same things. So are we, are you saying that you think only, that schooling should be more like... Schooling should be more personalized. And I know that's hard. More you know, you'd have to, like... I don't think that's On a federal level, hard. you'd have to, like, the secret, Secretary of Education or whatever they're called or... Yeah. The, a, you know, they would yeah, have to really... Make some changes. It's it, it and it'd be hard to do. I don't know who'd make that decision, but I think it'd take more, a lot of it's people. More about the uh, your specific school, like um, that'd be easy for us. I mean, yeah, it'd be way easier for because we have what like because if you were to write a story over um, like your own interest uh, rather than like preferred schools like media, I mean, not to say like reading classics like Shakespeare or or like George Orwell or. Um, you know, Fitzgerald is bad. It's just that uh, students would get way better at, you know, reading and um, writing if they were, uh, like, reflecting on what they actually enjoy themselves or writing about sports. And that's why I think the school paper is great is because, you know, most of us usually pick our topics and then we get that done super quickly because it's just easier. We already know what we're talking about. Um, and half the time we're, we're involved in those um those like extra things that we're we're writing about in the paper yeah it's, it's just way better to write about than um you know read something that you you think is absolutely boring and then try to reflect on it yeah it's kind of like 
like when you choose to do something on your own, like for an instant, like when baseball would go work out for like two days, was it two days or three days? We'd have outside practice and we'd go work out, but then me and Reed, not this Reed, but the other Reed would work out on our own time. Like I'd prefer to go work out like when I choose and like I'd just be more motivated to work out. But then when I was like forced or like it was chosen for me the time I worked out, it was like I didn't want to do it, even though I'm still no like I want to work out, but it was like now that I'm forced to, I was like well, a little reverse psychology messing with like, you. <laughs> well, like, that's just kind of what I'm saying. It's like when I choose when I want to do it or how I want to do it, I put more effort into it. So it kind of translates into what you're talking about. Yeah. It's just kind of how, like, I feel. I want to rotate. Uh, I would like to transition to the school paper. But one more <laughs> I think that's and we can kind of dive into that's really important is the in, impact that school has on kids mentally, uh, good or bad. You know, some people would like to say that it mentally destroys them. But, like, you know, there's – so he says, like suicide. Those COVID. kids are edgy fourteen-year-olds. Yeah. But like when, when COVID happened and people like, couldn't go to school, like the suicide uh, rates increased in kids and teenagers. So, well, obviously, well, does that going to school, you know? I don't think school's the only factor there. No, no, it's. In fact, I'd say it's probably same school helps. School I'll, helps. Yeah, school school it, helps. It with, does, um, and honestly, it does. If if a kid like has a terrible life at home, I mean, school can be a pretty, pretty good escape. I mean, and especially here, I mean, if you don't hold grudges against like teachers, like some people just like hate teachers because they're teachers, like teachers here because you can get close bonds with them. Like, because there's not a large amount of people here, you can build relationships with your teacher and they're like, they can become basically like parent figures. I mean, teachers should be already like good role models, but then like in such a small school, you can actually build. Of course, you'd want to, there's someone you can go to. You know, I mean, usually there's always one person, I'm sure, in a bigger school. I don't know what it's like to go to a bigger school, so I can't say. But I know from a small school, I could go to almost every teacher here and feel comfortable. I mean, not every, every teacher, but. Well, they're the ones that are, well, like, guiding you. Um, Of course, some of the things that the teachers think are going to, like, translate into what you think. Well, not, like, politically or, or, like, their own um, beliefs are going to instantly translate. But it's more like um, the way they teach you and um, uh, the way that you soak in that information, is, is, it's obviously going to change how you think uh, as a whole. You know, if you're doing more group projects, you're going you're gonna to be um, soaking in how your, your classmates think and uh, like your reflections on that uh, from the teacher and, and then your, your classmates too. You're going to be thinking about that a whole lot more. So obviously just like more social interaction. Um, even if it's online or not, it's just um, it, it's just better for the student overall, I think. So <clears throat> mentioning the online interaction, what do we all think about like when we had to do like we were quarantined when we had to do Zoom or Google Classroom? Some alternate. I think I did have a couple of Zoom classes. So like, do you not think gonna that, lie, do you think I kind of hate. More? No, I kind of hate it. It was I mean, awful. You think you you learn more over Zoom? No. no. There's yeah. certain classes here. That just okay. can't do it. I'll give you an example. Like our math, of course, like I a lot of times oh my I God. wouldn't wake up for it, especially okay, because it's in the morning. But like we came back to a quiz, I did terrible on it. We retook it and I got I know this is just me, but while that was happening, I was taking two college classes. One of them was microcomputers and the other one was I think public speaking. And that was pretty tough to do at home. Not gonna lie, I kind of it helped that my mom is really good with like Excel and that type of stuff because that's kind of what I was doing, like spreadsheets and things. And it was a lot of work, but 
that's just me. I mean, uh, when I didn't have anything to do in that class, you know, I kind of just showed up to the meet, you know, did the 10-minute assignment and just kind of went to bed. Yeah. Like, well, that's like that's sort of like how Connor was explaining, like, um, what was it? When you're when you're being forced to do something or uh, you kind of don't want to do it anymore. But it was sort of like the opposite for me when I was doing some online classes because, you know, when you're in class, there's nothing else to do but your work. But when you're doing like an online class at home or if you're just at home and you've got to join a Zoom call, um, you're going to be distracted by a lot of things or you're just going to uh, procrastinate a little bit more or you might even, um, you know, just not do your work as efficiently because you're like you, you're not in a class setting. So like um, writing a paper, like I know it's weird to say, but writing a paper just seems easier if you're sitting down in class and you're typing away rather than at home typing away see i think that was the opposite like there are some classes that like struggled like math for instance like there's some classes i think you just have to be in there for because like they're super important to ask questions and some you just like learning physically like actually being there like you can retain some more information but like when it came to some like the free flow thinking things like when i had to do my book reports basically or i had to read the book i found it easier because i was like well like kind of have nothing to do but i still need to do school but i'm gonna I chose to like, yeah, I don't, I felt like I could, I, maybe I didn't get to my work as good at like as fast as I should have, but the, I did better work. I think. So there's still procrastination involved because like I wasn't in the classroom forced by a teacher, but I still, there's still the force. Well, but there's still the background thought that I, uh, I still have to get my work done. Yeah. Still grades are due. But. I, I, uh, I remember whipping up one of Mrs. K's book reports in like 20 minutes and she gave me a perfect score. So, you know, you think procrastination just saying no yeah. it doesn't procrastination it's procrastination is terrible but yeah. i don't know i think it gives a some pretty good motivation i mean like, if you if you got to do if you got like an hour to do a book report i mean you're gonna get it done one way or the other so i but mean i think some i think that was probably better. one of my finest moments during that whole covid time <laughs> you know i just kind of whipped report. up a quick slide presentation and oh, you did a slide of course you know we got a perfect score just that easy, folks. Just that easy. Well, I was supposed to record. Like, I recorded all online and, like, actually sent a videotape clip. And, like, there's supposed to be, like, four minutes of that. They were, like, nine minutes because I sat there and talked. I think I'm... See, I don't like sitting in a room talking to One myself. You know, those people are typically get thrown in hospitals. So, <laughs> I tend to not like to do that. I don't sound very good on a mic. And, you know, here I am. So... <laughs> It's uh, that's why I did a slide presentation because I've done plenty of those. I've done more of those than I can count, probably. Let's rotate into a little after the. We kind of jumped around there just a little <laughs> bit, but it was kind of like a more of a serious topic. So let's jump into um, necessarily call it funny, but more of a looser topic. Lunches and breakfast of school. What are our thoughts on the school system lunches? Oh, I have oh, a few. Uh... I, I'd have a few words with Michelle Obama. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, school lunch isn't actually that bad. And then, like, if you were to look at it from, like... It's definitely gotten better. ...a health standpoint, uh, you definitely got, like, all your proteins and your, your carbs and, you know, your veggies and whatever. If you're 10 years old. Yeah, if you're 10 years old. Well, like, the older kids, of course, are looking for flavor and stuff or something like that. No, but, I'm like, looking for, like, more. What, you want I a, think that's the problem. An, though, you like, want an unhealthy breakfast or something? It's average. No. It's, it's an average, but, like... Well, I'm, sa- I'm saying that I'm saying that eight-year-olds are getting fed the same amount of food as 
18 year olds. That's what I'm saying. So do you think like, do you want to go to the school and then just have a, an entirely different menu for I don't think the, the menu grades? is I think portion sizes. This, this, uh, this is kind of funny. I'm, I'm, in, I'm taking an online health class right now and one of the assignments had to do with a school lunch and it gave like a mock school menu for yeah. a month. And I'm like, do other schools have stuff this good? Cause like every day it was Bigger like, schools. like it was like, like, I don't know. It was like, like some kind of Tex-Mex chicken wrap. And then the next day it was like, it's like bacon, mac and cheese. And then it was like spaghetti. And like, I was like, dude, no, that's, that's, probably, some of those that's probably only because their school is smaller. You know, it's just easier to whip up same portions, uh, same exact food, but for like bigger schools, like I definitely don't take this uh, the salad bar for granted, but um, like if you if you were to go to a bigger school, um, obviously the younger kids get something uh, you know a little less hearty, uh, smaller portions of course, and um, I wish that our school had something like that for like the older kids could get something a little more, um, well not to say just call it unhealthy, but something that just tastes a little better, something that you would actually want to eat. Like tornadoes, because tornadoes for breakfast. Oh, what are they? Dude, we need oh, tornadoes. tornadoes. Hey, Mr. Cave, you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd like some tornadoes. Megan, like, I'm sure most of the students, most of the juniors, sophomores, seniors would not mind like paying a buck or two for like a really good burger or like a really good omelet, something, some, something more that tastes kind of more homemade compared to like the um like the mass the mass produced like just cheese and egg omelet or whatever and then you get milk with that because like there's I, I feel like it just could be better overall <coughs> i mean, the artificial egg I mean you got to consider like <laughs> you, you got to consider our school specifically it's tough enough to find like workers in the kitchen already like you expect them to just and then, and then now you also consider COVID too. I mean, like food trucks food like, and drivers and the food shortage is fabricated. Well, like I'm not. I don't really know like the like the legal or whatever like or the the regulations. But like, could you imagine going into school and then like paying fifty cents for like a Jimmy Dean and then throwing that in the microwave for breakfast rather than going up and getting like you just talked about fo- frozen and mass produced and those things kind no, of no, box not frozen, Walmart. Mass produ- okay, but I, I, it also I tastes a little better. Saying. I get what you're saying. I mean, like, obviously there's going to be restrictions, but I think this can be optimized. But, I mean, if you compare, like, a Jimmy Dean to a normal breakfast, like, you got, like, your bread, cheese, and and sausage, but it's going to taste a little better because it's, like, brand name or or something like that. I mean, obviously we're not going to be able to get home-cooked meals because then it's not optimized and they don't have enough time for that. And obviously we're not going to get, like, super calorie because we have a calorie limit, too. But I think it can just be optimized. But what time is left? We got... Seven minutes left of the podcast. I think we can take about four minute break and do a little bit of a more fun activity. We're gonna go into um, overrated, underrated. We got a jar here, uh, and it's got overrated, and underrated topics in it. And then we'll wrap this up around the three minutes left and right, so kind of wrap you up got, you got? the play coming up. So uh, we'll start with the underrated, overrated. And our first topic is singing. Deep. I don't. That's pretty loose. Singing's kind of underrated. I, I'd say it's underrated because anyone like, can do it. I mean, not efficiently. Listening good, or singing? No, no, singing. Let's, singing let's take itself. it as it is. Singing. You are singing. 
I think whether you're good at it or bad at it, I mean, we all find ourselves eventually singing, you know, that Miley Cyrus song. This is going to the lyrics. I mean, you might. No, just me. Right. Probably. I mean, like, I mean, it's just not to, not to be like that, but like, Austin, but like, do you think there's health benefits to singing? Like someone who sings, probably like mental health benefits. The answer is massive. Actually, yeah, that, that would make sense. No, I, I don't do the research, but I'd imagine there's some sort of benefit. I know that when you sing, I know this is, I don't know if you did the research or something, but I remember I read it somewhere. That was not like a new word. It was official research that if you sing, you can like push yourself to do something better. Like, so if you're lifting weights and you start singing a song, you're more likely to like get that max up. Like your body, I don't know how to put it. Like, what? So sing, singing helps with motivation? Yeah, almost. Like it's like a, but like you physically can just do things. Not like something crazy, like you're going to go from squatting 230 to squatting a car, but. You can just like maybe squat two forty five and get that two thirty up. Well, it's so not, it's not like specifically singing, but like when you're reading or um or even like writing. So like if you were studying real quick or or just reading on like your your own volition, like leisure activity, of course you'd want some background music and stuff like that. All right. Um, so what's the vote? Singing. Yeah. I'm going underrated. underrated. Okay. Three to one underrated because I think it's overrated. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty, pretty neutral. You can't hit those high notes. I don't really, don't really care. So, (laughs) even though I've seen seen him sing for about two more, soda, proper, overrated, overrated. I don't drink a lot of soda anymore. If you balance, like in general, soccer for you, but if you balance it, I think it's okay. But I think as far as like, if we take it how people drink it now, overrated. Aren't the two top beverages like in the world like tea and coffee? I think. Yeah, but like both of those suck. When you go I'm into a, a restaurant, for some good tea. Yeah. what does what, what's the first thing they get you? They ask you for a drink, and then most people get soda, lemonade. When you go to the gas station, you got soda. Yeah, the fountains got... don't really have. I mean, you'll get that high C or something in there, but like, what's the majority in the fountain? Soda. Soda. I think it's overrated at the rate people drink it now. So yeah. my vote's so, overrated. I'm saying overrated too. Yeah, it's overrated. Uh yeah, it's kind of it's kind of overrated. Four out of four. That stuff's overrated. Soda overrated. I mean, that's not to say that soda's not good. Soda's great. Oh, it's good. Soda's like, good. As as not good for you though. All right. Not good for you. Last and topic. Probably, for probably the, day. the last one, and then we'll end on some more school stuff. Reading. That's a good one. We are in the English. Overrated. Reading's underrated. I think reading. I'm gonna say properly rated. I'm gonna say it doesn't really need to be underrated. It doesn't need to be overrated. I think what we're doing right now is another version of some of the things you can do, like with that reading gives you. I think it kind of depends. I think it's properly rated. If you like to read, read. I'm not gonna diss on you for it. It's not my thing. But I can listen to a podcast. So like, I'm gonna say properly rated. Doesn't need to be touched. I don't know. I'm pretty literate. I don't think I need to read anymore. When I think reading, um, like compared to watching TV shows. What is the something that everybody says when they when they go to see a movie that is like an adaptation of a book? The book's better. The book is better. It's because when you're reading a good book and you get into it, it's automatically start, oh, tailored okay. to what you yeah. what you what see. you think it is. So yeah, you're yeah. obviously gonna like it more. You have to use your mind to picture everything. And if your mind like, comes up with it, you're gonna like it. Yeah, I mean, a bad movie is gonna be a bad movie, but then maybe you get a good book. Act- adaptation of a movie but the book. I mean maybe that's why movie cr- critics are more you know popular because you look at them for what they are which whereas books a lot is left up to the imagination so 
everybody's gonna have a different experience with it i mean like have you ever read a good horror story because like if you were to try and compare a horror a horror story to a horror movie it's it's completely different horror stories are better I, they're way better because they horror movies are to, usually like really low budget, you know, kind of cheesy, really stupid decisions you know, by the characters. They have, they, they, they have just a lot of cliches. But when you're trying to, when you're reading a, a an actual horror story, and if you're actually being frightened by it, listening to horror <laughs> stories, like listening to a guy with a good voice really reading really scary stories, because uh, like like the reading it actually has to that's put you choice in a, cuts in a in like. In a paranoid mood, and then you also have to want to continue reading it. Yeah, I hate to cut you off there, but we're gonna end on the play with a minute left. Hopefully, we can let's just kind of go over a lightly, like what we think about it, pretty much. The play is on November twelfth. Yes. So you know, breaking um, that dough, you know, come in, Charles, buy a ticket. Charles Dickens writes Christmas Story. I believe what it is. Yeah. Charles Dickens Christmas. Story. A Charles Dickens Christmas Story. So it's about. Charles Dickens writing. Give us money. Writing, writing the Christmas story. So, it's I think the cool. costumes look pretty cool. I hope there's, those turn out well. Everybody's getting their lines uh, in really quickly. And uh, we're all locking down a British accent, except for people who have no effort. But you get that. So, you know. That <laughs> really? Yeah, quick shout out to Relating. No, 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 don't do that. But, um, you know, I, that. But we, we, can, we can wrap it up there with the, 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 the Christmas story. So. So we actually got a full 30 minutes, and I was afraid that we would run out of things to talk about. But I think if we, anything, we went a little for the more. first official podcast, <laughs> I think we did all right. So I guess we'll leave you with that. I'll see you guys later. We'll see you in the next. You know, practice your British accents.